know, it's a beautiful day in Salem, Oregon. Thanks for joining me here on Trade Show Guy Monday Morning Coffee. Um, I'm Tim Patterson. And I got a script inside. Uh, we'll see how I do without it. I'm not sure. Um, I have a couple of books out. I was actually on my Amazon authors page this morning. I think there's four or five books there. They're all available on Kindle. There's only two paperbacks. The others are just odd Kindle things. One's business-related trade show. Uh, I think it's uh, QR codes at trade shows. And another one, which I thought was an, a fun book to write, but it doesn't make any sense to me <laughs> now that I look at it, on uh, uh, things that didn't happen. I don't know, just a weird little book. Oh, the neighborhood's starting to get noisy here. They're starting up cars and stuff. Anyway, in the backyard here. And um, I got to thinking about stories, inspirational stories, uh, stories that have inspired me. And when you read about stories that people get inspired by, especially in the business world, it seems like you go to like Steve Jobs, uh, Bill Gates, Warren Buffett, uh, Jeff Bezos, guys have changed the world, made billions of dollars. And frankly, I've, I've kind of had a hard time relating to a lot of those stories. Yeah, they're cool. It's nice that I got an iPhone that I'm recording this on, uh, you know, thanks to Steve Jobs. It's nice that um, uh, I was able to get computers and software when I was in my 20s and 30s uh, because of Bill Gates. Interesting, Bill and I are, are pretty much the same age. I think we're born the same year. I think I'm a, a month or two older than him. I'm not sure of his exact birth date, but nonetheless, there we go. But, you know, I tend to um, think more about inspirational stories of, of, of women, oddly enough, uh, and there's a lot of them out there. Uh, one of the first that came to mind, oddly enough, was um, in business, Jessica Alba is a is an actress, but I don't know that she acts a lot. But she started a company called the Honest Company several years ago, and it's grown very big. It's uh, it's it's I see it at the uh, Expo West, the uh, Natural Products Expo West, which I go to uh, every year. Uh, I see them in you know the grocery store. They must have a hundred products or more, and they're expanding again. And they've got a great lineup. But Jessica's founded the company, and and. She decided that acting wasn't what she really wanted to do, although I'm sure she's good at it and she could continue to be good at it. Um, but maybe she decided that she had more control over her career by doing something like this. Uh, you know, being an actor probably gave her some seed money to do this and get the connections to do that, but it seems this is her passion, you know, uh, making natural, sustainable products uh, and that sort of thing. Another one, which is actually closer to home, is the story of uh, Jamie Schmidt, who founded Schmidt's Naturals. Um, I think in 2010, she decided to do this. I don't know the entire story. I'd like to talk to her. In fact, I'll try and get her on the uh, podcast someday. That would be fun. Uh, but she started selling, you know, deodorants door-to-door, uh, -door, shop to shop, and turned out there was a big demand for natural deodorants without all the chemicals in it. And the product got better, and, and her her staff and her her marketing got better and you know I've been lucky to be involved with the company to do their trade show stuff over the last couple of years but the story regardless is, is a great story nonetheless um, you can look to other I, I, I get a lot of um, uh, inspiration from a lot of women in, in, in a lot of different areas uh, my wife and I went to see the documentary on Ruth Bader Ginsburg RBG a week or so ago and boy oh boy she's smart inspirational passionate 
and, and a lot of these women and men, but they find the path that they need to be on and they follow it uh, no matter where it takes them. Uh, with Ruth Bader Ginsburg in the, you know, the 70s, she argued six cases about equal rights before the U.S. Supreme Court and won five of them. Uh, and, and this all goes back to her passion for equality, equal rights for everybody. And a lot of her arguments are based on, I'm getting a little technical here, but the, uh, the 14th Amendment, the uh, Equality Clause in the 14th Amendment. Again, I'm not a lawyer, so I'm not sure. But nonetheless, it was, it's great to see. Um, you know, in the musical world, I think of a lot of uh, my favorite musicians uh, and singers are, are, are women. Uh, and, you know, frankly, in the music world, there are not a lot of, uh, it, it's, I don't know what it is, it's, it's, it's a challenge for women because it's a male-dominated industry, and a lot of industries are. And so when you see women break through, uh, it's really terrific. Uh, I look back in the 70s when Ann and Nancy Wilson out of Seattle took their band Heart to the top of the charts, and they still play. Uh, they're in the Hall of Fame. I look at uh, young musicians like Esperanza Spaulding. She's, uh, I believe she's a multi-instrumentalist, a singer. I think she's a bassist. I believe she's out of Portland jazz uh, world. Others like Joan Armitrading, which has been around for a long time. And when I was a kid, I was, you know, admirer of uh, folks like Carol King and Joni Mitchell and uh, Carly Simon, singer-songwriters. And so I just get a lot of inspiration uh, from stories like that, and I, and I like to note them. And they mean more to me, and they seem to have more impact than, you know, the Steve Jobs, um, the Bill Gates, the Warren Buffetts, Jeff Bezos, those, you know, who've made billions and changed the world. But... You know, when, when you're trying to get inspiration for something you're doing on a daily basis, it's hard to grasp what they've done. And so you try, look, for, you know, look closer to home. I thought since we're sitting in our backyard, I'd, I'd give you a quick little tour here. What do you think, huh? All right, tomato plants went in a few weeks back. They're coming along fine. Rose bushes, roses are doing great. Although, boy, do I need to trim this one down. It's just kind of going nuts. Tomatoes, more tomatoes over here. Every Mother's Day. My wife and her son plant flowers, uh, do a lot of hanging baskets like these. They're dripping wet because I just watered them. So, got berries. When we moved in here, we had uh, a bunch of raspberries over here. And frankly, I chop them to the bone every year because raspberries will go everywhere if you let them. But uh, we're gonna have a lot of berries, I can see very soon. Planted some cucumbers and bell peppers and things down here. Don't have a big garden, but you know, we get a little thing, little little stuff out of it now and then. I think three years ago I planted this blueberry bush. And it's done pretty well the last year or two. We got a lot of blueberries last year. It's gonna have a lot more this year. Strawberries just planted those. I don't expect much out of them this year. See, that one didn't make it. <laughs> uh, some lavender. There's a couple of different kinds of lavender. And uh, I thought, you know, I like lavender. I'm gonna plant some of that. Oh, there's our bird feeder. I have no idea what this is, but we have the Rasta gnome back here. I'm a big reggae fan, so we have the Rasta gnome and the gazing ball and the hanging baskets again. Here in the backyard, you have to kind of watch where you step because of, you know, scruffy. Oh, and this is the side wall of the shed. Speaking of scruffy, he found a raccoon under here, by the way, a couple of weeks ago. Scruffy, is a raccoon still there? Hmm? 
We've only seen him once, hasn't seen him again, so I don't know what's going on. I'm the grill master. I grill quite a bit. I grill in December. I grill at Christmas. I grill at New Year's, you know. Here we are, Salem, Oregon. This is what pretty much accounts for rush hour on uh, one of the busier streets. You get to downtown about a mile away, it's a little busier. But this is it. Salem has had some interesting uh, water issues the last no, four or five days. We got an alert. It lit up every cell phone and every telephone in the house and TV stations. There's a water issue. There's algae in the water at Detroit Lake, which is where we get our water. Now there's a incorporated city which is part of Salem. It's called Kaiser. They don't get their water there, so you can drive up there and get good water. However, it doesn't really affect too many people. It affects people with low immune systems, uh, pregnant mothers, pets, kids under six. So we're, you know, other than Scruffy, which we're feeding bottled water to, we're fine. You know, cooking with it, making coffee with it, water looks the same. And there's no word on when this might be resolved. Detroit Lake's a great place. It's about 50 miles to the east. Oh, here's one of our favorite stops on the walk. A couple of big dogs. Oh, they got to... Yeah, they got two of them here today. <laughs> They're bigger than Scruffy. What can he say? Sometimes he barks at them. Sometimes he ignores them. Sometimes he says, I just need to keep going. Okay. So the water thing. I'm thinking about technology while I'm out walking. You know, when I was a kid, if you wanted to film a movie, a video, or something like this, when I was a kid kid, like 8, 9, 10, 11, there were no video cameras. Uh, there were Super 8 cameras. Super 8 millimeter cameras. And that speaks as much to how old I am as to how far technology has advanced. <laughs> a little of both at play there. It has been an interesting uh, couple of days in the business world here at Trade Show Guy Exhibits. I decided to pull the trigger on exhibiting at a show in uh, January. The Cannabis Collaborative Conference has been going on here in uh, Oregon, mostly Portland, for the last number of years since cannabis became legal. It's a very growing industry. I've been to three or four of the shows and met a lot of the exhibitors and I thought, you know what, there's a lot of uh, companies here that don't directly uh, sell or deal or grow cannabis, but they support the industry. And I thought that's what I would like to do as a trade show marketer, uh, you know, offering a lot of, you know, this is a business to business show. So I'm going to go there in January and get this. I'm in booth 420. I'm going to have fun with that on social media leading up to the show. Uh, but that's that's one piece of news. The other one, which I thought was interesting, uh, came out of the, the blue. Uh, a couple days ago, I was online on my credit union account. I wanted to make sure a check had cleared for a vendor. And uh, I wasn't sure if it had. It just was checking. And so the first thing, though, that showed on the line where you see what has cleared through was a check for over $6,000 
and I went, wait a minute, it, it, does, it doesn't ring a bell. Let me pull it up. And so they have a scan of the check, and it was, it was a, it looked like one of my checks, but the number was out of sequence. It was to someone I never knew, and the signature kind of looked like mine, but I wasn't mine. So I printed up a copy, went to the bank, bank fraud, check fraud. Um, so I had to deal with that for about an hour and change a lot of account numbers. They closed the account down, had to shred a bunch of checks. Oh wait, I got video of that. Apparently, um, check fraud still happens. I, <laughs> I found out the hard way. Someone passed a check, uh, a company check of ours, uh, to the tune of several thousand dollars a couple of days ago. And so I spent an hour at the bank and now I've got to shred all the checks I have left over. The good thing is though, um, you know, the money will come back. They'll, they'll, they'll credit it back to my account. And the company that printed the checks actually just got off the phone with them and they're going to reprint them at no charge. And, and they said, you need to destroy those checks, as did the bank. Uh, the current checks, they're no good. They'll just bounce. So that's what we're doing here. Now it's coming backwards. And that's not the way I actually planned to spend an hour this morning dealing with bank stuff, but yeah, so it goes, right? Whew. Uh, so that was a fun little deal that we did um, this week dealing with check fraud, which I guess is kind of um, rare. I mean, they, they the bank told me that it didn't happen all that much. The fraud that they usually get is you know, credit card and those types of things. Anyway. Trade show tip of the week, and it has to do with stories. I think stories are, are very interesting, and you can tell a story in a trade show booth. In fact, if you have the right designer and the right story to tell, you can tell a story with a booth. One of the ones that comes to mind is, um, I think it's Cashy, uh, which I saw. They've done this a couple years. They've had a big booth at Expo West, and they basically had a number one, the numeral one, like 16 feet high. Uh, and there's a little story that's told. And the story has to do with uh, sustainability, uh, different stories. They've done this a couple years in a row, and the story slightly changed. But they are telling a story with their trade show booth. Can you tell a story with your trade show booth? Could be the mailman, you know. <laughs> he barks at mail. <laughs> so how can you find a way to tell a story either at the trade show, using your booth, or to bring people in with the story that you have to tell. Is it compelling? Does it draw people in? Does it inspire them? I think storytelling is a great way to sell your products and services. Uh, tell your client's story. Uh, you know, there's lots of stories that I can tell over the years. You know, Bob's Red Mill has been a client of mine for 15 years. And Bob Moore, the iconic Bob of Bob's Red Mill, has been quoted a number of times as saying that trade show marketing has taken us to this level because it allows us to get into markets that we would not otherwise have been able to get into. And that puts it rather succinctly. That's one of the aspects of his story. So what story are you telling with your trade show marketing? And that takes a lot of thought. It takes a lot of discussion. It takes a lot of inspiration and believability in what it is you're doing, what moves you forward down that path. <laughs> you know, to add to the inspirational women, I have to put this in as the last, and perhaps the best, and that is uh, my mom. Uh, she turns 90 this coming weekend, the 9th of June. 
Um, she, she has lived quite a life. Uh, it's been pretty quiet and humble in a lot of ways. Dad was very quiet and very humble. Dad passed a couple of years ago at the age of 92. He was a, a minister uh, for many years and then became a, a church camp manager, which is where I grew up at a church camp up in the woods, which is, you know, why I call the forest my home. <laughs> But uh, mom's still going strong, and she's got this huge party planned. There's going to be 90 people there, roughly. Uh, there's going to be music. She still plays five instruments, uh, flute, piccolo, guitar, piano, and violin, and uh, is quite good at them, actually. Uh, sings in the church, plays in the church, that sort of thing. So she's, she's active. She's involved. She's uh, got all of her senses, and she's, she's sharp as a tack. Um, so she'll be turning 90. Probably one of the great things that she and Dad did in their lives is when, when uh, Dad retired at the age of 65, 66, they took three summers and hiked the Pacific Crest Trail System from Mexico to Canada, like 2,800 miles or whatever the number is. It took them uh, two full summers and part of another summer to finish it off, and I still think they only got about 98% of the, the thing done. But uh, since then, she has actually kept track of the miles she has walked, but she won't tell anybody because um, she's written down. They, I mean, Dad and her would hike all the time. They, they, you know, they when ever since they retired, they even before that, we we'd go backpacking in the woods as kids. You know, I was six years old, and we're doing doing three and four night backpacks up in the woods. Um, but you know, she, they would go for walks, and she would write down the amount of mileage uh, that they walked, and she's uh, she's added all that up, and and that's one of the guessing games at the party. So I, I probably will know that next week if I remember to. Include it. If not, I'll, I'll include it in some future episode. So, yeah, Mom, uh, one of the inspirations of my life, um, turning 90. All right, let's go with one good thing. Um, I'm going to say NBA Finals with the Cleveland Cavaliers and the Golden State Warriors. Boy, I had a flash. I almost called them the San Francisco Warriors. That shows you how old I am. <laughs> the first NBA game I ever went to was uh, when I was in high school and our band, our marching band, went to San Francisco when we went to see the San Francisco Warriors at the Cow Palace. And Coach Alvin Adels was a player coach. One of the very few ones, but he was there. Anyway, NBA Finals, I'm getting off track. Cavs versus the Warriors. It's underway by the time this airs uh, or, or posts. Um, you know, frankly, I was hoping for a Houston-Boston final, but the Cleveland, you know, uh, Golden State Warriors will be a good final. Uh, they, this is the fourth year in a row they've played uh, in finals. And I think, what, the Warriors have won twice. Cavs have won once. So, you know, if the Cavs win this year, they got to do it again next year, right, for the rubber match, right? <laughs> Can you imagine going uh, seven years in a row, and at the end of seven years, each team has won three championships, uh, best of seven? Okay, uh, you, can, you can extrapolate from that what you want. But NBA Finals uh, underway. And uh, hope you're a basketball fan. I know I am, and it's a great one. I think that wraps it up for Trade Show Guy Monday Morning Coffee for Monday, June 4th. Have yourself a, a great week, and I will catch you on the flip-flop.